0: The Lord be with you. And also with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Lord, Glory to you, O Lord. Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field, which a person finds and hides again, and out of joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls, When he finds a pearl of great price, he goes and sells all that he has and buys it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown into the sea, which collects fish of every kind. When it is full, they haul it ashore and sit down to put what is good into buckets. What is bad, they throw away. Thus it will be at the end of the age. The angels will go out and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Do you understand all these things? They answered, Yes. And he replied, Then every scribe who has been instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings from his storeroom both the new and the old. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You be seated. So what do you treasure? If you listened to the gospel reading a couple seconds ago, the correct answer is Jesus. We treasure Jesus. But do we really? Do we really treasure Jesus first? I mean, there's a lot of things, if we're honest, that we treasure. There are possessions we treasure, things we own, or even money itself we can treasure. There's status, recognition, those promotions, or maybe even power, and authority that we can treasure. And sometimes these things can be seen negatively, but sometimes they're good things too. I treasure my family. It's not bad to treasure my family. They mean the world to me. They're important to me. I love them. I treasure relationships, the relationships I I share with all of you. We treasure our health, and so we pray for good health, and when we have bad things happen to us and our health, we, we seek ways to heal and to be healed. We treasure comfort or even security in many many various forms and ways. There are so many things. If we would just sit here for a moment and brainstorm the many things we treasure, I'm sure we could come up with quite the list. But today we, we come to this parable of the hidden treasure, that a man finds this treasure in a field and goes and sells all he has to purchase this field so he can behold the treasure, It's it's a poor economic decision because it's not that he sells his stuff to get this treasure to sell the treasure to then be able to procure more things. This treasure is the thing he wishes to alone behold because it brings him such great joy. I can imagine it now that that as he purchases this field and comes to this treasure, he's just overflowing with joy to the point of tears. I think of the joy of welcoming a child into this world. There's nothing quite like it. All the other joys you, you hold, all the other things you treasure in life kind of disappear to the edges. All the concerns you had disappear to the edges. Now, you know, you don't sit there and your child's born and you look at the doctor and you say, well, that went quicker than anticipated, so I expect a, a 20% refund on the bill. Like, you, you don't do that. And you don't even care. You don't even think about it in that moment because you're beholding this new life. And it's just a a, a fraction of the treasure that God is. See, this is a parable about faith. Do we have faith to so greatly treasure the kingdom of heaven? And it's easy to do in a parable. It's much harder in real life. There's a young rich man who who approaches Jesus and wants to know how to be saved and and after their conversation, Jesus says, it's all you have. Sell it all. And it says the young man went away sad. He went away sad. Many people interacted with Jesus and Jesus talked to them and and they left angry and and wrathful and with, with murderous intentions in their heart. But this man leaves sad perhaps because of fear of missing out on experiences and joys that life could afford him. He treasured the things of this world more than he he treasured God, and I think we probably likewise suffer from that same mix of priorities. Do we truly treasure God to give it all away, to sacrifice it all, or do we tolerate God? Like, God, it's fine you're here and you're kind of close by, and as long as you pay your rent, I'll let you stick around. But you're not first. And then we enter into the second parable, which tells tells a story about a merchant who goes in search of this fine pearl. That again, he sells all he has to purchase this pearl. Now, it was interesting, most scholars that I was reading this week, in fact almost all of them, said that the parable saying the same exact thing that the parable uh, with the treasure in the field was saying, that we're, we're called to sell all we have and treasure God first and foremost. But I think it's not uncommon for Eastern thought to use this idea of repetition, but I think the way that, that signifiers are attached to the kingdom of heaven matters. So the first one said the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in this field. And it's true, it is this treasure that we, we desire to behold. But here it says the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant. And if you think back even to our conversation last week with the parables, when the kingdom of heaven was like the sower, who Jesus explains is the son of man, it would not be too hard to conceive that the kingdom of heaven being the merchant, then the merchant is Christ himself, which means you. You are the pearl of great price. You. The merchant did not send his servants to go to the market to find this pearl. He himself went, just like Jesus himself took on flesh. He did not send the angels to do his bidding. He himself took on flesh to earn for us salvation. And it cost the merchant greatly. It cost him everything. Just like it cost Jesus everything as he laid down his life for us. The point of it all? God treasures you. God treasures you. He seeks you out with the same compassion as a shepherd seeks out a lost sheep. Just as we hear in the scriptures that we love because God first loved us, so it is that we treasure him because he first treasures you, he treasures us. And both these parables is, is a treasuring, a, a love, a joy. Beyond all sensibility, is not a very smart economic proposal, especially to our capitalistic mind. But you're supposed to diversify your portfolio. So if one of your investments goes south, you have other investments that can keep going, hopefully well. You're not supposed to put everything into one company. You're not supposed to sell everything you have and invest in just a single source. We've been raised in this idea that we we store up treasures and we spread them out to save them, to keep them safe, and to afford us comfort. And I think we do the same thing with joy. We diversify our joy portfolio. We find joy here, and when that doesn't work, we find some over here, and we find it over there. And all these things we treasure and store up for ourselves, we try to find joy in. We we would always laugh in, in Wisconsin. We love the month of August. In the month of August, you were able to, to stop pretending to care about the Brewers and start caring about the Packers, because the Brewers just lost all the time, right? We would trade one joy for another. This past Friday was opening day, and I had the joy of baseball starting again, and I was so excited, and then y'all's cubbies shut my Brewers out. There was no joy, so I had to find joy elsewhere. Don't we do that all the time? We have a diverse portfolio of joy, but none of it truly satisfies us. Because we're not looking for some acceptable level of joy. We're talking about the tear-inducing joy that God promises us. I mean, how, how do we begin to value our relationship with God? How do we start to put dollar signs on it? How do we compare it to any other treasure? It is a treasure without compare. It is like nothing else this world will ever see. And the world will look at you and call you a fool. What a shame. He gave up everything. He sacrificed everything to follow what? They will mock you and be perplexed by you. I was, years ago, I was at a Brewers game. There were these two guys behind me about my age who were complaining about their fathers, about how much they hated their fathers. The one guy was complaining because his father was, was a hard man. He was abusive. He worked all the time. And while he made a ton of money and the kid wanted for nothing, he never knew what was going to happen when his dad came home. And he hated his dad. The other, the other man was complaining about his father because his father would be so kind to everybody else. He didn't have much But he would even give his his shirt off his own back to help someone else in need. He never had anything. And this, this kid was so angry that he grew up with nothing. He grew up poor because his dad was such a fool. I have no doubt that that man's dad had a treasure that was greater than the treasures of this world. And his son couldn't see it. Because the one who truly treasures God in his heart already knows that they have everything. And so sacrifice and generosity and compassion, it's not hard. It starts to transform our heart and become who we are. We're not so focused on on saving ourselves. But we can have compassion on the, the very body and soul of other people. We don't care the cost. Just Christ didn't care the cost for us. Judgment Day is coming. It's coming. Coming for us all. Last week, Jesus begins the, the talk of parables with a parable about judgment, the judgment day. And so he, he gives this parable about the harvest in the field, about judgment day. He goes to two more parables. He explains the parable about judgment. Then we have the two parables today, and then he, he bookends this section of the parables of the kingdom of heaven again with judgment. Judgment Day is coming. So, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of when you think about that truth? Are you afraid of death itself? Afraid of the unknown? Afraid of, I think, missing out? That I'm going to miss out on some experience this life has to afford me. And so I'm just going to keep experiencing as much as I can because this life does end, it seems, so quickly, all too soon. And so we just try to experience the next thing, hoping we're not going to miss out on something. It's a prison. Because it will never be enough. And it will never compare to the treasure of Christ. Of our God who speaks a word that's creative. that, That creates life out of death, brings light into darkness. Our God who is patient with us in our transgressions. He's so patient with us in our sin. And he forgives us again and again. Our God who treasures us and values us, his precious children. Right? As we sing in our opening song this morning, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to, to fear of what darkness can do to me, what evil can do to me, what death can take from me. I'm no longer a slave to fear of missing out on something in this world as I keep grasping at straws. I'm no longer a slave to any of it because I'm a child of God and there's no greater cause of joy which frees us from that trap, that prison of fear, knowing that when we stand before God on that judgment day, we are redeemed children of God. We have nothing to fear. The kingdom of heaven is ours. The kingdom is coming. And it's here now we see glimpses of the parable, even as we live and breathe today. The the generous heart of God living out through you as we ourselves grow in this treasure of God and are formed and shaped. We have no reason to, you know who has to fear? Satan has to fear. Darkness has to fear. Evil has something to fear because Christ is triumphant. We have nothing to fear in Jesus Christ because he already took our fear of death to the cross himself and brought to us through death new life. So that we live as risen children of God. And he's working on us. Maybe that's why that that pearl parable is so perfect. A pearl takes time to form, doesn't it? And slowly smooth around the edges until it's perfect. Isn't that what God's doing with all of us? He's perfecting us in love. Preparing us for what awaits us in the kingdom of heaven and all of our brothers and sisters. Let us pray. Teach us, O Lord, to treasure you. Where we found joy in false treasures, forgive us. When we failed to treasure you and all the gifts you've given to us, forgive us. When we failed to spend time with you through your word and prayer and even worship, Forgive us. Give us the wisdom and courage to sell all we have, casting out the many idols we hold on to and cling to you alone. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.